grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. to us from 1 Kings chapter 8 verses 22-23 Then Solomon stood in front of the altar in the presence of the whole congregation of Israel and spread out his hands toward heaven. He said O Lord, God of Israel, there is no God like you in the heavens above or on the earth below. You keep the covenant of mercy and faithfulness with your servants who walk before you with all their heart. Also, for the foreigner, who is not one of your people, Israel, but who comes from a distant land because of your name, for they will hear about your great name, your almighty hand, and your outstretched arm, and they will come and pray toward this house. For that foreigner here in heaven, which is your dwelling place, and do everything for which that foreigner cries out to you, so that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you, just as your people Israel do, and because they know that your name is proclaimed in this house which I have built. Here ends the first reading. Our second lesson comes to us from Galatians 1, 1 through 10. Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through a man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead, and all of the brothers who are with me, to the churches of Galilee, Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age. According to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm amazed that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you in the grace of Christ for a different gospel which is really not another gospel at all. There are, however, some who are trying to disturb you by perverting the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven would preach any gospel other than the one we preach to you, a curse on him. As we have said before, so I now say again, if anyone preaches to you any gospel other than the one you received, a curse on him. Am I now seeking the favor of people or of God? Or am I striving to please people? If I were trying to gain the approval of people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Here ends the second reading. After Jesus had finished saying all these things to the people who were listening, he went into Capernaum. A centurion's servant 
who was valuable to him was sick and about to die. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying, He is worthy of having you do this for him, because he loves our nation, and he built our synagogue for us. Jesus went with them. When he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to tell Jesus, Lord, do not trouble yourself, because I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not consider myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this one, go. And he goes. And to another one, come. And he comes. To my servant, do this. And he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he was amazed at him. He turned to the crowd that was following him and said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith, and not even in Israel. And when the men had been sent, returned to the house, they found the servant well. Here ends Luke's gospel from chapter 7, 1 through 10. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration comes to us from Genesis 19, verses 1 through 23. The two, the two angels came to Sodom that evening. Lot, who was sitting in the gatehouse of Sodom, saw them and got up to meet them. He bowed down with his face to the ground, and he said, See now, my lords, please turn aside into your servant's house and spend the night. Wash your feet, and you can get up early and go on your way. They said, No, we will spend the night in the street. But he kept urging them, so they came with him and entered his house. He made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. But before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, surrounded the house, both young and old, all the people from all parts of town. They called to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out, that we may be intimate with them. Lot went out to them. And shut the door behind him. He said, Please, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. Uh, see now, I, I have two daughters uh, who have not had relations with a man. Uh, please let me bring them out to you, and, and you may do to them whatever seems good to you. Only do not do anything to these men, because they have come under the protection of my roof. They said, get out of the way. They also said, this fellow came here as an alien and now he appoints himself as a judge. Now we will treat you worse than them. They kept pushing Lot back and were ready to break down the door. But the men inside reached out, grabbed Lot, 
pulled him into the house with them and shut the door. They struck the men who were pressing against the door of the house, both young and old, with blindness so that they wore themselves out trying to find the door. The men said to Lot, do you have anyone else here, son-in-laws, your sons, your daughters, whoever you have in the city, get them out of this place, for we are going to destroy this place, because the outcry against it has grown great before the Lord. So the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his son-in-laws, who were pledged to his daughters in marriage. He said, get up, get up, and get out of this place, for the Lord is going to destroy the city. But to his son-in-laws, he seemed to be joking. When the dawn came, the angels urged Lot, get going. Take your wife and your two daughters who are here, so, they, so that you will not be swept away by the guilt of this city. But Lot was taking too much time. So the men grabbed his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters, because the Lord's compassion for him. They led him out and placed him outside of the city. Then, when they had taken them out, one of them said, Run for your life. Don't look behind you, and don't stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, so that you are not swept away. Lot said to them, Oh no, my Lord, see now, your servant has found favor in your sight, and, and you have shown me great mercy by saving my life. I cannot flee to the mountains, or this disaster will stick with me. So I will and I will die. Look, this city is close enough to flee to, and, and it's a little one. Please, let me flee there. In, 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 is it not just a little one, so that my life will be saved? The man said to him, Very well. I have granted your request concerning this thing, so I will not overthrow the city that you have spoken about. Hurry, flee there, because I cannot do anything until you get there. So the city was named Zor. The sun had risen over the land when Lot came to Zor. Here ends the text for today's sermon. The protection of the good angels. September 29th is the minor festival of St. Michael and all angels. It is set aside for consideration of the doctrine of the holy angels, a teaching of the church which is often neglected in our time, but which is filled with comfort and assurance of the people of God. In the text that we have before us, we see two of the Lord's angels working to rescue Lot, first from the wrath of the men of Sodom, and then from the fire and brimstone the Lord sent to burn up the town and to destroy the wicked people who live there. 
We do not usually hear very much about angels in these days. In many places, stories of angels are looked upon as uh, fairy tales, as though angels were nothing more than imaginary creatures. In those existence, perhaps little children will believe, but who have no meaning or significance for us older people. Sometimes we will even hear men who claim to be Christian ministers say that years ago people believed that there were such things as angels and devils. But in this scientific age, we all know better. They will even make fun of such things and say that once upon a time, people actually believed that disease was caused by devils, but that we today know that they are caused by germs. Now, that is an argument that we hear all too often that we want to take a closer look at and see whether it is real as intellect as some people seem to think. Might it not be possible that the devils cause disease by using germs as their instruments? We all say that God keeps us alive, and yet, at the same time, we also say that food keeps us alive. What we mean is that God keeps us alive by giving us food and all the things we need to sustain life. In spite of what men may think, therefore, all the discoveries of modern times have not made, main, made angels out of date. We who believe the Bible and take it seriously must also believe that there are such beings as angels and devils. The Bible often speaks of angels. At the very beginning of the Bible, in the story of the fall, we are told that God placed cherubim at the entrance of the Garden of Eden to keep man out of the garden after the fall into sin. And in the very last chapter of the Bible, we read that an angel was sent to tell Apostle John that the future held what the future held in store for the church. Now, between those chapters, there are over 250 passages that mention angels. If the Bible speaks on, of this subject so often, it is surely good that we should also pay some attention to it. Therefore, on the basis of our text and under the gracious guidance of the Holy Spirit, we shall meditate on the protection of the good angels. Angels are real. People often ask, why are there such things as angels anyway? Surely, they say, uh, God does not need angels to do his work. We say that God send, sends the angels to do his commandments. But could he not? Do all these things without angels? 
when God made the world, he just said, let there be light. Genesis 1, 3. And there it was. He said, let the dry land appear. Genesis 1, 9. There it was. Everything happened just because he said it should. Now, if people go only so far, it is not so bad. For this is all certainly true. But if they draw the conclusion from this, that since God does not need the angels, therefore there are no angels, they are wrong. It is, of course, true that God could have let Lot know uh, in a dream uh, or in some other way that, that he was going to destroy the city of Sodom. But he did not want to do it in that way. And so he sent two angels to Sodom to warn Lot and to get him out of the city. There are many things God can do, but which he does not choose to do. If he wanted to, he could have made man in such a way that little children would not need parents. When little fish are born, they do not need parents to take care of them. They are able to take care of themselves right away. In fact, they, if they don't swim away and hide in the weeds, their parents will eat them. Or, take another example, God could keep us alive without food, just as he once kept Elijah alive without food and water for 40 days and 40 nights. So, if a man says that they are not angels, that there are not angels, because God can care for us and protect us without them, he might just as well say that there are no parents and that there is not such thing as food and drink because God could take care of us without them. Then you see once more how silly such unbelief is. Just as we are great, grateful for the fact that God gave us parents to care for us when we were little and just as we thank him for the food that he gives us every day so we should be grateful also for the angels he sends to take care of us. Just as he sent two angels to Sodom to rescue Lot from the danger that threatened him. There are many things about the angels that should be a real comfort to us and of which we are reminded by our text. The word angel really means messenger, or one who is sent. The angels are sent by God. In our text, the angels told Lot, the Lord has sent us. When Adam sent Elzer to find a wife for Isaac, he told him, 
The Lord will send his angel ahead of you. So you shall find a wife for my son from there. Genesis 24, 7. When the angel Gabriel appeared to Zechariah in the temple, he said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you in order to tell you this good news. Luke 1, 19. We are also told that the same angel was sent to the Virgin Mary in Nazareth. All these passages ought to convince us that if an angel happens to be in a certain place, it is not, be, and it will not be by accident, but because the Lord wants him to be there. We can be sure that the Lord will send them when and where they are needed. As he sent them to Lot just when he was in great danger of perishing with the rest of the people of Sodom. If we will just believe what the Bible tells us about angels, we will find in this teaching of the Bible much what will comfort us and help us in times of trouble. We're told, for example, that there are millions of angels. In one place we read of 10,000 times 10,000 angels will stand before the throne of God. And when Jesus said to Peter, do you not realize that I could call on my father and at once he would provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? Matthew 26, 53. He shows us clearly that angels are ready to be sent whenever God wants them to go. And we pray, as Dr. Luther taught us to pray in the morning and evening prayers, let the holy angel be with me. We can be sure that God hears also this prayer. These are no ordinary helpers who are sent. They are spirits. They are real people. And although they may sometimes appear as ordinary men, as they did in our text, or as winged creatures who fly before the throne of God, as they are described in the visions of Isaiah, as chariots of fire and horses of fire, as they appear to Elijah, Yet ordinarily, they are invisible. And because they are spirits, they can go where men cannot go. Locked doors, prison bars cannot keep them out. The distance that separates parents from their sons and daughters who live far away from each other are no problem for them. The barriers that would stop men and keep them from helping us cannot stop the angels of the Lord. Not only can they top where man cannot go, they can also do things that man cannot do. The Bible often speaks of the power of the angels, and we see it demonstrated in our text. When the wicked people of Sodom crowded around the door of Lot, 
uh, and his house and demanded that the two men who were visiting there be given to them so that they might abuse them, Lot went out because he thought it was his duty to protect his guests. But he himself was attacked and in danger of losing his life. The two angels then reached out and pulled Lot into the house and closed the door. Then, as their text says, they struck the men who were press pressing against the door of the house, both young and old, with blindness, so that they wore themselves out trying to find the door. Somehow, in a way that we cannot understand, we are able to confuse these men so they could not even find the door of Lot's house. In this connection, we might also be reminded of the angel who was sent by God to destroy the army of uh, Sennacherib when the Assyrian king tried to destroy Jerusalem. In one night, that one angel brought about the death of 185,000 soldiers of Assyria. How he did this, we also do not know. But this much is clear. If one angel can destroy 185,000 soldiers in one night, we have good protection if we have just one or two angels at our side. And as we see again in our text, how God sent his angels to protect Lot and save him, from the destruction that came upon Sodom when fire and brimstone fell from the heat upon the city, we must surely again be reminded of him who is often in the scriptures called the angel of the Lord, the great angel, the greatest messenger of them all, God's own son who was sent into this world to save us from the eternal destruction, which will be upon the whole human uh, race, or when his whole world is consumed by the fire of God's judgment. Because Jesus died for us and took away our sins. Therefore, we have the promise that someday we will be with the angels. If we look forward to that day in, in faith, we will surely even now imitate the holy angels in obedience to God, in service to our fellow man, and especially in acting as mangers of God's salvation to all who are still without hope and comfort that alone can give. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.com.
www.wordpress.org. Once again, that is www.salemevluthern.org. May God bless you today and every day.